It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely, here. Today, we got a fun show for you. We're going to be recapping UFC 249, Ferguson versus Gaethje, which, of course, took place this Saturday, this last Saturday in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, a lot to talk about. We're not going to bury the lead here, so I won't ramble on too much here, but very good. I will say at the, at the start of the show here, very good to get back to the swing of things and, and get back to some normalcy in this very, very trying period for all of us, but certainly sports fans. Um, definitely a really interesting, interesting time, but good to see they could finally pull it together. A little, a little bit odd watching it with, without the crowd, but Hey, listen, we will, we'll take it. We'll take it. You know, there's a lot of talk about baseball coming back and, and whether or not we'll have a hundred game season or an 82 game season, but I'm not as concerned with that as I am with the UFC because the UFC is fun and baseball, uh, is a little bit boring, but luckily we're getting back into the swing of things. Uh, of course, we got that uh, that uh, UFC Fight Night this Wednesday, which we'll we'll probably be doing a preview show for tomorrow uh, on Tuesday. And then, of course, we have the um, the heavyweight clash. I believe it's uh, Overeem and and Walt Harris. That should be a good one, and we'll we'll probably preview that one on Friday. But for now, we'll we'll battle the the task at hand here, which is the recap of 249. And no better place to start than the main event, Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson. Uh, absolutely a, a, an amazing fight. Not exactly how I, I thought it would go. It was not a great night for my predictions. I believe I was a little below, batting a little below 500 on my predictions. Uh, once we got to the main card, my, my predictions did not hold up. And um, I certainly had Tony Ferguson winning this fight. Um, but just from bell to bell absolute domination by Justin Gaethje. Uh, I guess we didn't we didn't reach the final bell, but surely that would have been at least 50-45. There might have been some 10-8 rounds in there. Um, perhaps you could, you could make an argument that Tony Ferguson, maybe because he dropped Justin Gaethje at the end of that second round, uh, maybe he, he stole that round, but uh, a very impressive performance by Justin Gaethje, um, who I was a live dog. He was a live dog, evidently, because he won the fight, but um, never never underestimate Justin Gaethje. Um, I believe Ferguson was a, a slight favorite, maybe like a, a, a minus 190 favorite, um, but it, it was very interesting to see um, Gaethje take this fight on short notice, but then uh, with the fight supposed to being supposed to have uh, taken place on April 18th, you know, now it takes place on the on May 9th, and really it's just kind of like a, a regular camp for Justin Gaethje. You know, those extra three weeks, you know, he originally took it on short notice, but really just kind of like a regular fight, and I think that really helped him. Um, so he becomes the interim lightweight champion, uh, knocking out Tony Ferguson with just about 60, 70 seconds to go in that, in that uh, fifth and final round, and just absolutely brutal the ending. I mean, Herb Dean... For my money, the best referee in uh, in all of mixed martial arts. Very merciful, stopping that fight. You know, Tony Ferguson kind of gave the little head shake and and uh, 
ran back a little bit, and I, I think that was merciful because Justin Gaethje could have sent him to another universe if he if he really tried to, to press him, but I, I think he realized the fight was over um, right around that four-minute mark in the, in the fifth round. And obviously a lot of implications, a lot to talk about with this fight because once again, it looks like we're not going to get uh, Tony Ferguson versus uh, Khabib. Unfortunately, the coronavirus killed that, and obviously this fight... I mean, never, never say never because Tony Ferguson's a great fighter, and obviously he could win some fights, but he is 36... And I, I don't mean to be super negative, but I think we all have come to the realization that we're not going to get Tony Ferguson versus Khabib. Um, but Tony Ferguson just went on a 12-fight winning streak and never fought Khabib. So it is possible that he rebounds, you know, maybe wins three or four fights in a row. But even then, there's no guarantee he ever fights Khabib. I mean, I don't want to get too super superstitious, but it looks like the, uh, the MMA gods really don't want this fight to happen. But... We're going to have a great fight with uh, Gaethje and uh, Khabib. But I, w- I was really shocked with Justin Gaethje because obviously um, pretty, well, you can't really call him a prospect, but a pretty, pretty highly touted fighter coming into the UFC, you know, was the World Series of, of Fighting Champion. And he had that really, really fun first fight with Michael Johnson and then has two wars with, uh, I believe... I believe first it was Alvarez and then Poirier. And to me, it kind of seems like a, a domain to play psychologist here. Um, but it, it seems like a, a shift in mentality for Gaethje because he's always had the tools to be to be really good. He's got those crazy leg kicks that he can throw, you know, standing a foot in front of you. He's got a, a granite chin if he needs to use it. But I'm personally really happy to see Justin Gaethje realize his full potential because when he came in, it kind of seemed like, yeah, yeah, he's winning these $50,000 fight of the night bonuses, but he's taken a hell of a lot of damage. He's, you know, he had that quote where he said, what was it? I got, I have five wars left in me. And it kind of seemed like he was contempt with being a brawler, but just making as much money as he could and being in main events. And then, and then he started winning some fights and... I mean, don't get me wrong, he took some big shots from Ferguson, but it wasn't it wasn't like the Alvarez fight. It wasn't like the Poirier fights, where he's fighting a little smarter and he and he's not maybe he is still willing to die in there. I, I think he even said that, but there just seems to be a shift in in his mentality where it's it's not necessarily I'm gonna give one to get one. It might be uh, I'm gonna get one to give two. He just he just seemed to have the performance of his life against Ferguson and to be honest with you, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about his, his upcoming fight, presumably with Khabib, and, you know, not going to say it's 100%, because we know how interim titles work in uh, in the UFC, but, man, if he, if he fights like he fought against Tony Ferguson, it's it's hard to say that he wouldn't beat Khabib if he had that same performance. Now, that's, like I said, that's a performance of a lifetime, so we'll have to see if he can duplicate that against Khabib, and obviously nobody's been able to do it, but I think that Gaethje matches up really nice with uh, Khabib. I really think he does. And, you know, you talk about the maturity of Justin Gaethje's game. Really, the next level for him is his wrestling. We've never really seen it. Maybe he's been taken down in the UFC. I I can't really remember. But if he has, it hasn't been for too long. And, you know, he was the first NCAA All-American from Northern Colorado. He's a very great wrestler. And I don't doubt that he's still a great wrestler. I think he is. But it's kind of like the UL Romero argument, or, or, or I guess claim, you know, oh, Yoel Romero's a great wrestler. 
well, yeah, he's a great wrestler, but we never see it. So is he really a great wrestler? You know, we all thought in that Adesanya fight, well, this is a guy who got taken down and controlled by Marvin Vittori. Obviously, you'd be crazy to think that Adesanya didn't work on some things, but this is a silver medalist in in the Olympics. So you go, well, if he's ever going to use the wrestling card, why wouldn't he use it against Adesanya? And then he doesn't. And then we're still stuck here going, well, Yoel Romero's a great wrestler, but we never see it. So it's kind of the it's kind of similar with Gaethje, where I'm sure he is a great wrestler, but we've never seen it. So that might have to be the next maturity to his game because when he's we're gonna see his wrestling one way or another against Khabib, and I don't think it'll be by Gaethje's choice. I think I think Khabib's gonna force us to see how good of a wrestler Justin Gaethje is, which. I'm not going to say is is beneficial to Gaethje because I think I think if anybody anybody who fights Khabib if your plan is to to win on the ground I just think I think your plan should be to 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 win on the feet I just don't I don't know if it's possible I don't know if it's possible to beat Khabib on the ground um, even with Gaethje I mean man you still get a fighting chance on the ground but I mean unless you're somebody like a Gilbert Burns or I'm not even sure if he can make 155 anymore. But if unless you're like a real BJJ specialist, and you got that's honestly that's why Ferguson would have been so interesting because, well, he's got he's really good at the Darce choke. He's really good at at Imanari rolls. Like he's re, he's really dangerous, you know, off his back. So that's why why it would have been so interesting. So you have to be a special type of of well-rounded or at least that elite on the ground for me to to me for me to you know, think that's going to be a, a good strategy in any way. Um, but we'll have to see how Gaethje's takedown defense um, holds up. But that's that's going to be a very interesting fight. Um, I know there was something on Twitter with, um, with with Conor McGregor calling out Gaethje, so maybe we maybe we do get Gaethje versus McGregor, um, although I don't, I don't really see how that's going to work if we put an interim title on Gaethje if he goes and gets the money fight versus McGregor. But listen, in the times of Fight Island... I mean, I'm down for anything. I'm down for anything. I would watch. I would watch a PFL card right now, to be honest with you. So I'm just happy we're back to getting UFC. I mean, it, it, these are desperate times here. But uh, obviously, congratulations to Gaethje. And you know, it's so unfortunate for Ferguson too, because I tweeted something out um, before he fought him, and I, you know, I, I I was favoring Ferguson in this fight, but I I knew, like anybody, that that Gaethje does have a punching puncher's chance. And obviously he won, and man, you gotta feel bad for Ferguson because he, five times a fight falls through. You know he was the interim champion, trips on a court. I mean, twelve fight winning streak, just utter domination. Just beats up Anthony Pettis, beats up very very good fighters, um, Edson Barbosa. And then you know, man, it's kind of like the the old Fedor quote, or ever it goes, where uh, he who doesn't stand doesn't fall. So, you know, I mean, eventually, you know, you, you, you fight enough high-level guys, it's just not going to be your night. I don't think anybody saw what happened transpiring, you know, actually actually happening happening outside of maybe Trevor Whitman, but um, I, I don't exactly know where Tony Ferguson goes from here. I know where Gaethje goes from here, but uh, that's a tough one. Uh, in the co-main event, we had Henry Cejudo uh, defending his bantamweight belt against Dominic Cruz. He knocked him out. Uh, although we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but he knocked him out um, in pretty late in the in the second round. Um, that one's interesting. I got some I got some hot sports takes because that's really what North Star Sports is all about—the hot sports takes. 
And I got some hot sports takes on Henry Cejudo, or maybe, maybe just some context here, because, ugh, man, Henry Cejudo's career, you know, you hear a lot of people saying he's the greatest combat sports athlete of all time, and I can't really argue with that. I can't really argue with that because there's no other uh, gold medalist in the Olympics that is, has been a UFC champ, two two division champ. Um, but man, there's there's some there's some context that we need with Henry Cejudo's career, which apparently is over because he retired. But I have a funny feeling we'll see the King of Cringe return at uh, at some point for uh, a solid payday. But th- this is a guy, this is a guy who, on a very, I'm not going to say controversial, but on a very divided split decision, beat Demetrius Johnson. Now, I take nothing away from Henry Cejudo because in this timeline that he's currently in, everything that happened, happened. You know what I mean? So he did beat Demetrius Johnson. He did beat Dillashaw, Marais, and Cruz. But, man, there, there should be some context here because... A lot of people thought Demetrius Johnson won that fight. Now, me personally, it was very close. Though, and, and and the trouble with that is it's so close that you want to say it's a draw, but that's kind of a trap, right? Because for there to be a draw, there has to be a 10-8 or something. You know, if, if there's five rounds, just because it was a close fight, it doesn't mean there was a draw because, uh, you know, it's, something weird has to happen. There has to be a there has to be a, a 10-10 or a 10-8 or something. You know, somebody's going to win one of the rounds. Somebody's going to win the other. Um, I had Henry Cejudo winning that fight, but point is it was very close. And then Henry Cejudo gets the greatest gift of all time. And Demetrius Johnson goes over to one FC, which make no mistake is, is, is a major blessing for Henry Cejudo because a lot of people thought, well, he definitely lost the first fight, but a lot of people thought he lost to Demetrius twice. So if Demetrius stays there, there would have been a trilogy fight and then, Man, who knows? Who knows? Maybe Cejudo beats him in the third fight. But a lot of people thought he lost twice. So he, he gets lucky by not having to to really prove he won that fight in, in a third fight. Then he gets lucky because TJ Dillashaw comes down to flyweight. And he knocks out TJ Dillashaw really early in the first round. But But did he, though? Like, here's the thing. TJ Dillashaw was not knocked out. I think it was an early stoppage. Now, Henry Cejudo still won the fight. I'm not trying to take that away from him. I'm just saying there's a little context here that we need to discuss. Because, and it's so unfair, and it's not Henry Cejudo's fault that the fight, in my opinion, got stopped a little bit early. And if the fight with Dillashaw would have gone another five seconds... Maybe he would have truly finished Dillashaw. Maybe he would, he would have knocked him out. Maybe he would have landed five more punches, and then you go, all right, the fight's over. But that's not how it happened. So I, I, I guess I don't really have question marks with the Dillashaw fight. It's just that, in my opinion, it was an early stoppage. Okay, then he goes up and fights Marlon Marais. Now, he beats him fair and square. He, he had to go through some adversity. Marais was, was kind of beating him up a little bit in the first and second rounds, but he gassed out. And he beats Marlon Marais and becomes a, a double champ. But, man, that's a, funny, that's a funny double champ, right? Because you win on a very close split decision against Demetrius Johnson. And then you become a double champ by becoming the bantamweight champ. 
But you didn't beat T.J. Dillashaw, who some people think is the greatest bantamweight of all time. I'm not going to say that because I think it's Dominic Cruz, but a lot of people think T.J. Dillashaw is the greatest bantamweight of all time. And, you know, you, you were supposed to take the belt from T.J., but obviously that's not Cejudo's fault at all. You know, Dillashaw likes to likes to take the EPO, so... It's, but, but, but you see where I'm going. It's kind of funny because you win, you win a vacant belt to become a double champ. Now, that's still a double champ. He still was a double champ. He still had two belts at the same time. But, man, it's a little weird because you beat a guy. And Marais has some solid victories to, to his name. You know, he wins over Jimmy Rivera and, and uh, Aljamain Sterling. But, I don't know, man. It's not like a double champ. Like when, when DC goes up and beats Stipe, you know, it's it's a little weird. You beat a guy who wasn't a champ to win a vacant belt. But whatever, man. Uh, fair enough. He's a double champ. But he comes into this fight. You know, he has the, he has the big so, uh, shoulder surgery. And he knocks out Dominic Cruz. But, but not really, though. But not really, though. He gets another early stoppage. Now... I think this one, this early stoppage against Cruz was more egregious than the early stoppage with Dillashaw. I think maybe there's more of a case. Well, he certainly didn't knock Dillashaw out, but there's more of more of a case for stopping the Dillashaw one because he, he legitimately got rocked and that he got rocked early on. And I know the fight only lasted 32 seconds, but it kind of seems like there was like 15 seconds of him like scrambling. But he beats Dominic Cruz. And man, I don't know. Cruz was standing up. He was getting he was getting up to his feet. Let the fight go five more seconds. I mean, I don't mean to knock the no nonsense Keith Peterson, but let it go five more seconds. Five more seconds, either Cruz legitimately gets knocked out, which I'm not hoping for, or he or there's a little more unanswered strikes, or it's more clear. But when he's standing up, you know, he's getting punched in the head, in the side of the head from behind. But his, his head's not bobbling around. You know, like when uh, when Gustafson got knocked out by uh, Rumble Johnson. Yeah, that, that was a solid stop. That was a very solid stoppage because you could see Gustafson's head bouncing back and forth like a pinball machine. But when your head is still really steady and he's just kind of turtling up a little bit but standing up, I mean, he's not knocked out. Yeah, he's taking some un- unanswered strikes. But what do you expect? Of course there's going to be unanswered strikes in a fight. Like, you know, we're not going to go 1-2, 1-2, 1-2. Yeah, there's going to be some stretches where there's some unanswered strikes. Now, there might have been seven or eight or nine of them, but these are not knockout punches. He's still he's still very coherent. And, again, I'm not trying to, to you know, rain on, on Henry Cejudo's parade because he beat Dominic Cruz, but... It's, it's unfortunate for Henry, most of all, because there's 10 seconds. Now, whatever you think about the Demetrius Johnson fight, really, for me, it comes down to 10 seconds. If the Dillashaw fight goes five seconds longer and the Dominic Cruz goes five seconds longer, maybe he finishes them completely, and then there's no questions. There's no questions. There's no funny business. There's no, well, yeah, but they were early stoppages. No, they were legitimate stoppages. And again, those 10 seconds are out of are out of Henry Cejudo's control. But again, it's just kind of funny, man, because I don't know. There, there has to be some context with Henry Cejudo, but uh, again, props, props to Henry, um, because it, it was a, uh, an impressive performance, um, especially considering 
you know, he wasn't really preparing for, for Dominic Cruz. He's preparing for pretty much a completely different fighter and, and Jose Aldo. But it's kind of funny, man, because, you know, a lot of people think that Henry Cejudo saved the flyweight division. And, and the flyweight division is kind of a mess right now. Um, obviously, in large part, thanks to uh, Davis and Figueiredo. Um, and now the bantamweight division's in, in, in uh, quite the mess here. So it's kind of interesting to see what we'll do with the bantamweight division. Because if he's serious about this retirement, well, now we have two divisions without a champ. And both of them have Henry Zahudo's name on them. Uh, now, again, the flyweight, it's kind of Davison's fault. But, um, you know, what do we do? And I kind of like the idea that Henry Zahudo was floating around. I think we should do a, a, a interim, or not an interim, excuse me, not an interim, uh, uh, for the vacant bantamweight title. I would like to see Aljamain Sterling and, and Peter Yan. And then, you know, we'll see how Dominic Cruz is. I think the reason why Dominic Cruz hasn't been fighting is because of injuries, not because of a lack of wanting to fight. So if he's still healthy, I would like to see Sterling versus Jan for the title, and then Jose Aldo and Dominic Cruz, and then the winner of those two fights fights each other. I would like to see that because, you know, Jose Aldo had the title shot. Uh, he was unable He was una- un- unable to fight at, at 249. I think Sterling and Jan are, are, are very deserving of title shots, so I think they need to fight for the title. I, Aldo, I'm sure he'd take a fight with Cruz, even though it's not for the title because it's a legacy fight. I'm sure Cruz would take a fight against Aldo because it's a legacy fight for both of them. Two very good fighters trying to figure out what they're doing with their careers, you know, later in their careers, but very high-level fighters, legacy fight. And then, and then it's, you know, say say Sterling wins that fight against Jan, well, now Sterling can fight Cruz or Sterling can fight Aldo. And if he beats the winner of Aldo and Cruz, then he he beats a legend. So now you have a champ who defended the belt and beat a legend. Or if or if Aldo or Cruz beat each other and beat the, the, the winner of this vacant belt, well, now we have a legend who's a champ once again. So I, I'd like to see that happen again things rarely turned out how you want it to turn out. So I don't think that's exactly how it's going to go. Or even if we plan it that way, um, it's probably not going to go that way. And again, then you have somebody like, well, what do you do with Corey Sandhagen? Like, you know, he's number four in the, in the rankings. What do you do with Marlon Marais? Although he had a title shot. So in fairness, you know, he can, he can kind of sit for a little bit. Um, but you know, it's, it's kind of a mess at bantamweight to be honest with you. Uh, the third card, third fight on that main card was uh, Francis Ngannou and Jairzinho Rosenstrike. And of course, that was just absolute domination by Francis Ngannou. Knocked out Rosenst- Rosenstrike in 20 seconds. Just absolutely, absolutely brutal. Uh, just swinging those haymakers. And, you know, the funny thing is, you know, he's, Ngannou was kind of throwing his, his fists around like a windmill. And he missed on like three of those first punches, and then it, it only takes one. He clipped him with the final one that knocked him out. But when he threw that barrage of like five punches, he missed the first four. He he just hit on the last one, and that sent Rosenstrike to another dimension. Um, obviously, in hindsight, it was a little a little bit too soon for Rosenstrike. You know, I know he beat Overeem, but he kind of was losing five rounds to Overeem, and you know blew up his lip, which props to him to have that power in the fifth round, but um, 
I obviously thought it was a little premature, but obviously when, when it's heavyweights, you know, when there's power, anything can happen, but you know, there's a little bit more technique and accuracy and, and all that with, um, with Nganu. So he beats him and, and quite the impressive streak Nganu's on a four fight winning streak. What does he have? He had that stat where he's, he's the first UFC fighter to win four fights in a row by knockout within 71 seconds or whatever. Because he had the 71-second knockout against JDS. But, man, I've been really impressed. We'll get to a hot sports take that I have that I think people will disagree with me on. But, you know, knocks out Curtis Blades in China in 45 seconds. Knocks out Cain Velasquez uh, in his home state, or at least where he went to college. His college state, I guess, if that matters. Uh, in 26 seconds. Um, and then he knocks out JDS. But brutal knockout, and that was a good one. That was that was up here in Minneapolis, so I got I got to be in the arena that night to to watch that one, and then knocks out Rosenstrike in 20 seconds. He has to he has to fight for the title. He has to fight for the title. There's no other fight. I did I did not even think he should have. I, I didn't think he should have fight fought. Uh, English is very hard, very fluid language, by the way. Um, but I didn't think he should have fought. Uh, Jairzinho, to be honest with you, because it's it's an unnecessary risk. I think he was firmly cemented as the number one contender even before this fight. And then he comes out here and, and knocks out Rosenstrike. I mean, how can you... Unless you fight for the belt, like, there's no there's no number zero contender. Like, he's the number one contender. Like, he only could he only could lose it. This fight was actually a risk for him because he, could, he couldn't gain the number one contendership because he already had it, but he certainly could lose it. I mean, and obviously there's a payday, so, you know, you got paid money, and, you know, that's that's obviously a, a good thing, but um, he has to he has to fight the winner of Stipe and, and, and DC. And to be honest, you know, you listen to, D, uh, to DC's comments after the fight, man, you know, with Stipe not, apparently not willing to, to partake in this trilogy at this time, it might have to be, it might have to be DC versus Nganu, which is a very scary proposition because... I, I I would still heavily favor Cormier in that fight. But as we've seen, as we've seen in the last four fights, the last four fights in particular with Nganu, it literally only takes one punch for him to murder you. And, you know, DC is a shorter heavyweight, and he did get tagged a little bit later on versus, versus Stipe. So he is... He, Technically, he's hittable. But, again, I'd obviously favor... I'd obviously favor DC because of his wrestling and all that, but... Um, you know, we might have to we might have to get ready for uh, Cormier and, and Nganu. And then obviously for Jairzinho, um, you know, tough tough to know where he goes from here because I think I don't know if he should have been ranked that that highly. Um, he was at number six. I mean, I don't know. There's some interesting interesting fights out there for him. Um, you know, actually, maybe a fight against uh, Junior Dos Santos makes a lot of sense. Um, but, but I think it's back to the drawing board for, for Jairzinho and it's just, it's kind of tough when it was a 20 second knockout because, you know, it's, it's, what do you say? You didn't get out techniqued. You didn't, what is there to learn other than don't, don't fight the guy who hits the hardest in the world. And then of course, uh, the other fights on the main card, we had Calvin Cater beating Jeremy Stevens by, uh, uh, TKO in the second round. And and that's a very big litmus test for for Calvin Cater, you know, coming off that loss. Uh, uh, who did he, who did he lose to? 
I know he lost to to somebody. Uh, oh, Zabit, of course, yeah, that, that fight against uh, Zabit. So you know he's coming off the the Zabit loss, and you know that was a that was a good fight. Um, I, I thought Zabit won that fight, but you know it was competitive. But you know stylistically, him versus Stevens is a good fight because obviously they're 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 both brawlers in a sense, and they're they're both very good at, at, at with their their boxing skills, but. Um, you know, Jeremy Stevens, make no mistake. I mean, I know he has 18 losses, so it's it's easy to overlook him sometimes. But um, Jeremy Stevens is a very good fighter, a very underrated fighter. Uh, we also had Greg Hardy beating Jorgen DeCastro. Uh, I did not watch that fight in 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 all fairness, but uh, interesting that Greg Hardy won that one. I obviously was rooting for Greg Hardy to uh, get brutally knocked out by Jorgen DeCastro because I don't like Greg Hardy, but. Uh, didn't watch that fight because I was trying to trying to figure out how to watch the the perfectly legal and paid for pay per view that I had purchased, um, and uh, couldn't figure it out, so uh, missed that one. Um, a couple of notable fights. I guess we can very briefly get to all of them uh, here on on the undercard. Obviously, we had uh, Anthony Pettis. Uh, he beat uh, Donald Cerrone. Uh, in in that uh, three round de- decision, gets back to to his winning ways. Um, he was on that two fight losing streak. Obviously lost to Nate Diaz and uh, Carlos Diego. Carlos Diego Fajeda. Um, I had Cowboy winning that one. I, I'm not gonna argue that that Pettis won it. To be honest with you, because you know it was kind of close. But to be honest with you, I had it uh, added two rounds to to one 29-28 uh, for Cowboy. Uh, and tough slump for Cowboy. Tough, tough slump. He's on a four-fight losing streak. Obviously against four incredibly good fighters. Ferguson, Gaethje, McGregor, and uh, Anthony Pettis. But that's tough, man. No matter how you no matter how you, you want to chalk that one up, four losses is four losses. Um, so it, it's it's tough with, uh, with Cowboy. And I, I, I don't, in fairness, I don't think it's... it's correct to get too reactionary with Cowboy because looking back at his career he fights so often you know a lot of people a lot of people hyped up dad Cerrone and now I see a lot of people are getting really negative on Cowboy because he's lost four fights in a row guys Cowboy's been the same fighter for the, for the last eight years he didn't get better and, and he didn't get worse I think Cowboy's always been the same if when you look at his record over the last seven years, he always beats the fighters he's supposed to beat, and he always loses to the fighters he's supposed to lose to. He hasn't. When Cowboy was Dadzeroni, he didn't get better. He just fought opponents that he was supposed to beat. He just fought opponents that were worse than him. And when he's on this four-fight losing streak. He didn't, he's not declining, I don't think. Maybe he is, he's a little older, but I don't think he's declining. I think he's just fighting tougher competition. Like, honestly, like, you go back. Look, You look at his wins since he came to the UFC. Rocha, Oliveira, Seaver, Stevens, Gallard, Nunes, Evan Dunham, Martins, Barboza, Miller, Alvarez, Jury, Henderson, McDessie, Oliveira, Cote, Story, Brown, Medeiros, Perry, Hernandez, and Iaquinta. A lot of wins because he fights very often. But he, I'm, I don't know if he was technically favored with the bookies in every single one of those fights. Um, but he, he, he's supposed to 
win all those fights. Now the only one he he the only one that I'll not that I'll give him credit for. I give him credit for all of them. But the only one that's interesting is the Eddie Alvarez fight. Um, I think that is is the one moment in his UFC career where he 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 rose up over his own expectations and and beat somebody he wasn't supposed to beat. And, and fair play, that's a very, you know Eddie's a former Bellator champ. He's a former UFC champ. I don't know if he has a belt over in one FC because I don't I don't care about one FC. But um, you know that was a very good win. And then you look at who he's lost to since 2011. Nate Diaz, Anthony Pettis, RDA, twice, uh, Masvidal, Lawler, Till, Edwards, Ferguson, Gaethje, McGregor, and Pettis. All fighters who are better than him. So I don't, these ebbs and flows of Cowboy's career, I don't really think they're ebbs and flows. I just think they're a product of matchmaking, to be honest with you. I don't really think there's been any, any ebbs and flows. You know, and that might sound a little crazy, but honestly, go back and look. Go back and look and look at who he's beaten, who he's, he's lost to. I th- I think Cowboy actually actually has been remarkably consistent. I think he's been the most consistent fighter because he's fought at a very high level for... Well, certainly he fought at a high level in the WEC, but I, again, I didn't even follow MMA back then. But certainly his time with, with the UFC, he's been very consistent. He'll beat... He'll beat top 15 guys, but he won't he won't beat the top three to five. And not that you ever want to judge a, a fighter by his losses, but in fairness, these are you know, these are tough fighters he's losing to. A lot of them are former champs. Pettis, McGregor, Gaethje, Ferguson, all champs. Edwards could be a future champ. And I think that was the one where a lot of people went, oh, Cowboy fell off. He lost to Leon Edwards. But, you know, a couple of years passed passed by. And we realized, no, actually, Leon Edwards is a very good fighter. See, that's the beauty of this. He loses to Darren Till. And obviously, Darren, Darren Till had hype at that time. But you go, mm, could be the passing of the torch. Could be the passing of the torch with Leon Edwards. No, 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 no. They're actually really good fighters. But they're just unknown at the time. They're not, you know, known guys like Lawler or, or uh, RDA. So... I don't know. I don't know where Cowboy goes. I don't think he's ever going to be a champ. Unfortunately, uh, he can still set a bunch of records and extend the records that he has. Uh, he did just turn 37 a couple of months ago. I've never heard anything about him slowing down. Um, but I, man, I, I really—he doesn't seem to do super great at welterweight. It seems like he's a true lightweight, um, even if it is really hard for him to get down to that weight. But Man, I don't know. I think at this point for Cowboy, it's just about... I don't want to see him fight another Alexander Hernandez type. You know, I don't want to see Cowboy get fed to a prospect. I think we should just make fun matchups. I think this was correct to to fight him against Pettis. I think just do fun matchups. Just do fun matchups. You know, he he does have a limited amount of time left in this sport. Um, so so just, just go for matchups from this point out. Uh, you know, maybe... Maybe we do a rematch against Ally Aquinta. It's tough because he's fought a lot of these guys in the top 15. I'm looking at the rankings here. He's fought a lot of these guys, so I don't really know. Maybe Gregor Gillespie. But I don't I don't know where he goes. You know, he as of uh, last Friday, he's one spot ahead of Paul Felder. Now, Cerrone's going to drop down in the rankings, but maybe that's a fight that would, you know, 
intrigue Paul Felder. I don't think you could make it a main event even for a fight night, just given uh, given Cerrone's four-fight losing streak, which is certainly hard to, to market. But, um, you know, he is Cowboy. He'll always have that name and he'll always have uh, these records. So, I don't know, man. It's just unfortunate having to, to come to grips that he's he's probably not going to be a you know UFC champion. And to be honest with you, might be the best fighter to never win one. I mean, I'm I'm struggling to think of other great fighters who didn't win a UFC championship. Um, but he he's certainly up there. He might be number one. Uh, we also saw the return of Fabricio Verdum, uh, who lost a split decision to Alexi Olenek which I didn't think was a split decision at all. I think it, it, at least it was 29-28 because Olenek was throwing absolute bombs with his 80-inch gorilla arms. I mean, some of those punches he, were th- he was throwing, was, it's just like he had coconuts taped to his hands. You know, he really beat up Verdum. And, you know, that was a fight that was actually supposed to happen a couple of years ago before Verdum got that two-year suspension uh, after the, I believe after the fight with Volkov in London. Um so, I mean, good to have Ferdum back, big name, but uh, when you lose to Alexi Olenek, that's it's normally not a great sign for uh, for, for high-level fighting. I'll, I'll do respect to Alexi Olenek because I, uh, I know he's listening to the, uh, to the podcast. Uh, we had Carla Esparza beat Michelle Watterson. Uh, I had that on in the background, didn't really watch it. Uh, it kind of seemed like a snooze fest to me because half the time when they were fighting, they were seven feet apart. Uh, there was a couple of good exchanges, like right at the end when Esparza was was trying to knock out Watterson, but uh, kind of a lackluster fight, to to be honest with you. Uh, the third fight on the card, third fight on the prelims, was not lackluster at all because it, it's impossible to to have a lackluster fight with Nico Price and Vincente Luque, but a uh, a TKO, a doctor stoppage for Vincente Luque as he gets back to his winning ways off that. Uh, uh, Wonderboy Thompson loss, and uh, man, Luke is my guy. Vincente Luke is my guy. I I favored him versus Thompson. He, you know, he was on a pretty good win streak. And looking back at his record, I didn't realize that they fought back in 2017. So he beat Nico Price to start that uh, seven six fight win streak. Uh, n- not the biggest names, but you know, six UFC fighters that he beat and. Um, just absolutely brutalized Nico Price. I mean, that 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 photo that might become iconic of him, you know, with his eye swelled shut, looking like a tortellini, and uh, you know, just screaming at the camera. Uh, Nico Price is a madman. Uh, unfortunate that that he lost, but somebody's got to win. And um, I don't know. You never know what to expect with with uh, a Nico Price fight. Like you know, he so. Five fights ago, I guess, he had that hammer fist knockout from the bottom on Randy Brown, and then he gets knocked out really quick in the first round by Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Comes back and and knocks out Tim Means in the first round. Uh, gets absolutely beat up by Jeff Neal. Then has the up kick victory knockout over James Vick, and then has his eyeball get turned into a, a, a tortellini versus Vincente Luque. So you never know what to expect. Like all of his fights are very interesting, but he's he's going you know he's kind of going 500 these last couple of fights. But you know I, I'd pay to, to well I guess well I guess you pay for the ESPN Plus the five bucks. But hopefully that five bucks goes to 
um, Nico Price because that that was a that was a very very crazy fight. Um, we also had uh, absolute domination by Bryce Mitchell in that fight versus Charles Rosa. He beat him uh, by unanimous decision. Just Bryce Mitchell's the real deal. Almost locked up another twister against Rosa, but uh, I didn't look at the stats. But he he honestly must have had 13 and a half minutes of ground control in that fight. It was just embarrassing, embarrassing to watch from from Rosa's perspective. Um, but I, I, it was 30 20. What was it? it was 30 25 on two of the cards, and I think there might it might have been 30 24 on the other card. So three straight 10 8 rounds, according to one of the refs or the judges, excuse me. So. You know, Bryce Mitchell, I mean, I think it's time for a step up in competition for Bryce Mitchell because when you're when you're 10-8ing every single round against a UFC veteran, um, probably means it's it's time for uh, a top 15 guy. And there's a lot of interesting fights, to be honest with you. You know, there's been a lot of shakeup in that in that division. I don't, I, I can't say exactly who I'd like to see him fight next. Um, but just looking at the rankings here, Arnold Allen would be a little interesting. I think Allen probably should fight somebody in the top 10 just because he's, I think he's on like a five or six fight win streak because he just keeps taking these these fights and his opponents keep falling out. Um, a Sadiq Youssef, maybe a Ryan Hall because Bryce Mitchell seems very, very game. And Ryan Hall has a tough time finding opponents. So I don't know if it really makes sense from Ryan Hall's perspective because I'm sure he'd like to fight somebody higher ranked and Bryce Mitchell's not ranked. Um, but that, that's an interesting one, but I'm, I'm sure they'll find both those guys, somebody, uh, hopefully at some point. And then, uh, the first fight was a split decision victory for Ryan Spann over Sam Alvey. Um, I thought Spann won every single round. Maybe he lost the, um, oh, what was it? Maybe he lost the second round. Um, don't have a whole lot to say about that one. Uh, good to see Smiling Sam back and, you know, being funny on the on the uh, on the walkout. That's that's always good. It's always fun to watch Sam Alvey, but obviously, you know, thirty three and fourteen. You know, he's he's got limitations. But um, man, just kind of recapping recapping and 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 winding up this one. So great to have the USC uh, the UFC back. And just getting back to live sports, we need live sports. You know, I saw some absolutely ridiculous article that I didn't even I didn't even read because I just don't want to get pissed off but from the Washington Post sports opinion about you know some bullshit opinion about uh you know ah sports aren't that important we don't need sports to come back in the current capacity and it's like no I think we really do I think you know we we've been yearning for sports to come back and it's really great to see that the UFC is handling this correct way uh the correct way and uh, unfortunate that Jacare, uh, you know, got the coronavirus. Whether or not he got it in in Jacksonville or or back in Orlando, we we won't know. I guess there was speculation, or maybe he even said that maybe he got it from his family. Um, but with the amount of testing, uh, I think I saw an article where they they had twelve hundred tests that they administered throughout the you know the course of the event. You know, the UFC is really doing this the correct way. Um, with with the the swabs and with with the antibodies test and all that, and again, I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor here, but you know, it's it's just good to see that they're they have a plan, they stuck to it. Hopefully, nobody got the you know got the Rona from from this event that we don't know about. Um, but it seemed to go off without a hitch, and and 
you know, obviously, like uh, Uncle Dana said, you know, they're gonna they're gonna improve on on it on Wednesday and on Saturday. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how this will be used because I I think the UFC's back. Obviously, the UFC's back, and this will work great for them. It'll be interesting to see if if other sports leagues can take anything from this. Uh, you know, leagues like uh, because fundamentally, like the the NBA coming back and 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 the NHL and and um, the NFL, even though that's a little bit down the road, we're talking about different games here because, you know, we're, obviously MMA is full contact and, you know, it's people sweating in each other's mouths and, and stuff like that. But like, okay, well, we want to we get basketball back. Well, that's 10 people on the court plus the ref plus the benches. Like, it's not, it's not just the fighter, you know, two fighters, a referee, a doctor, uh, two corner guys and three judges what is that that comes out to like nine or something like you know and, and and the UFC sterilizing rooms locker rooms and then you know in between fights so it gets a little interesting I think there is stuff that other sports leagues can take away from the UFC but you know hopefully we'll see him back and I, I believe I believe I saw a tweet from Jamal Hill uh, that said the UFC is going to be in Jacksonville on the 23rd and I believe that's the one headlined by Woodley and Burns, which is going to be a great fight because I am the number one Tyron Woodley fan. Got to got to got to represent those uh, Mizzou boys. But um, but hopefully, 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 we can see them get back to Las Vegas, where I think they should have been fighting the whole time because they have their own hundred million dollar facility in Las Vegas. So uh, it seems like this could be a lot safer. And uh, you know, more controlled under a better commission. To be honest, not that I have anything against the Florida State Athletic Commission, but you know, the Nevada State Athletic Commission is, is certainly gold. So, you know, hopefully after the 23rd, we can get back to to Vegas, you know, the fight capital of the world. And and who knows? I don't know when. Uh, I don't know what their plans are for Fight Island. Apparently, that's still going on. So that's that's fun. Um, I can't, I can't wait to see. Uh, I can't wait to see how that turns out. So uh, that's going to be fun. But with that, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we'll have a new show tomorrow. We'll preview uh, the the Wednesday card, and then we'll probably have a post a post show on Thursday slash preview, uh, or maybe we'll do the the post show on Thursday, the preview show on Friday. See, that's that's the beauty about you know the UFC being the only sport outside of Korean baseball going on right now is that. We, we, we don't when we create the docket we don't have to go well we got to talk about baseball we got to talk about oh wow how's LeBron playing no 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 it's basically just an MMA show for now you know I mean hopefully we'll get back to 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 baseball even though that's not really my uh, my forte or or other sports but for now it's gonna be all uh, all UFC which you know listen if I had to pick one sport it would be the UFC but uh, you know, that's, that's definitely a, a good sport to, to be covering. So feels good to be back in the swing of things. Hopefully we'll, we'll start making this a regular thing. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely. That's Owen Ely, E-L-L-E-M-N. Uh, and thanks for tuning in everybody. This has been North Star Sports.